PK, Jeremy, Sheldon, Diana, they're going to Victoria today. Emily K. You guys want to come up? All of you. Diana is not here, but that's okay. Oh, that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Diana is right here. Sheldon not here? Okay, it's fine. We'll pray. Guys, stretch your hands to, uh, towards them. Father, we thank you for the privilege of wearing your name and going in your name. We thank you for the privilege. It is such an honor to wear the name of the king and to go in your name. So we send them today in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Abba, each of them, they all have very specific appointments upon their lives today. I pray that all of that will break into the physical today. That they will be attentive to your spirit. Father, I thank you that you've not made any of this rocket science. I thank you that this is all plain and simple. I thank you that the Holy Spirit, you are able to do exceedingly and far more abundantly than we can ever ask or think. So we bless each and every one of them and we send them in your name. Amen. Guys, can we be eager today? I like the word that we used earlier as Jane was speaking. I want us to be eager today. I'll write it up here. So this stands out in your mind, even as I'm talking. Today is the day of Pentecost. And I'm expecting the Holy Spirit to do something amongst us. Certainly, I can't do it. Certainly, you cannot make it happen. But certainly, he can do it. And... Uh, his presence is here. He is so real, so vibrant, so full of life, so purposeful. There are things he wants to accomplish. And I want to say yes to that. So if you're eager today, then you will be able to step into all that the Spirit of God wants for you. Is my sound okay? Or is it kind of... That's good? All right. So there are three fees, three major fees that the people of Israel partake in. There's the Feast of Unleavened Bread... The Feast of Weeks, Feast of Tabernacles. Those are the three major feasts that they partake in. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, this is celebrated in early spring. This is in spring, the second one, Feast of Weeks. In Tabernacles, that's typically in the fall. So these are the three major feasts. And then what we're talking about today primarily is the Feast of Weeks. And we'll come, in, come to that. Feast of Unleavened Bread, that is part of the Passover celebration. So Passover is what? Passover is when God said, I'm going to bring the people of Israel out of captivity. And so on the eve of Exodus, there was a sparing of the people of Israel. On the eve of Exodus, there was a passing over the house, houses of Israel. And so Israelites were brought over. They continued to celebrate Passover. Okay. And let's go to Leviticus chapter 23. Today be prepared to read, um, go through different verses. I'll take you through a few right now. Leviticus chapter 23, 15 and 16. 
Because it's, I want to start from the Old Testament because it's so beautiful to see how it all comes together. It's, it's amazing. Our, our God is so logical. He is so <laughs> numbers and the way things work. Man, he set it all up way before. So there's no, nothing happened by chance. Nothing happens because, they, because something occurred on a certain day. It was all planned right from the very beginning. So let's take a look at and see how that works. Leviticus chapter 23, 15 and 16. The whole passage, if you want to read that later, Leviticus chapter 23, it talks about the different feasts that the people of Israel part, uh, they participated in them. Now we are going to read 15 and 16. Here is what it says. You shall count seven full weeks from the day after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering. So in other words, what God said is you have to count. There is Passover, then there is a Sabbath day. And then you have to start counting a day after the Sabbath, count seven weeks. Week one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And this is Leviticus chapter 23. Way back in the day, God said, count seven weeks, the first day after the Sabbath. So Passover is here. There is a Sabbath after. And the day after, you start counting. So counting begins here, okay? What happened on the Passover? Jesus died for us. So the crucifixion happened on the Passover. And then, two days later, three days later on a Sunday, what happened? Jesus rose up. So the very same day he said, start counting, what happened? Jesus resurrected. Okay, the day after the Sabbath on a Sunday, we celebrate resurrection. So Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, that's in the early spring, that's that. And then God says, keep tracking this, seven full weeks. And that, this celebration right here is the Feast of Weeks. So it's, it spans over seven weeks. And then he says, on the 50th day, so a day after the Sabbath, seven times seven, 49, after seven weeks, on the 50th day is when you celebrate Pentecost. Pentecost means 50th. So on the 50th day, you celebrate Pentecost, which is also known as the Feast of Weeks, because it span this whole celebration spans seven weeks plus. Yeah? Now, the Feast of Weeks is a harvest festival. So during harvest, at, on the 50th day, when the, once the harvest is done, they'll come with thanks, thankfulness, with hearts of gratitude. They, they'll wave an offering before the Lord and say, we come. And on that day, on Pentecost, Jews celebrated together as a people. And this is the same day Acts chapter 2 happened. And so when we read on the day of Pentecost... The Pentecost that they had an idea of was very much Old Testament. When we read it, we could sometimes think on the day of Pentecost, on the day that the Holy Spirit visited them, they gathered together. They had no idea. Because when did Jesus ascend up into the heaven? On day 40. So on the 40th day, he went up to heaven. And before he went to heaven, he said, wait in Jerusalem. Because I'm going to send you the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father is going to come upon you. He is a person, he'll come, and then everything will change. I'm going to make you witnesses unto Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. Right? That's, how, that's what he said. So first 50 days 
on that 50 day 50th day pentecost happened so when we read that chapter acts chapter 2 you've got to keep it, keep an eye out, out for this is everything that happened in the past and when they gathered together there was celebration happening outside when they gathered together, they all, all they cared about, and there is 120 of them. I want to emphasize on the fact that there were 120 of them in that upper room. We'll, we'll talk about why later. But they're all gathered there. They only know one thing, guys. What do they know? They just know this. That Jesus said, the promise of the Father is going to come. And they said, we'll get together. We'll, we'll huddle together. We'll pray and we'll wait. So that's what they did. And there is another word for, if you're interested, this feast is also called Savuot. S-A-V-O-U-T. Savuot. I looked up uh, this, I didn't know, but that's what it, 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 it's also known as, the feast of Savuot. So the 50th day feast then, the Feast of Harvest used to be an agricultural festival because they were harvesting, they came together. So that's one of the things I want us to look at. Now I want, to, I want you guys to just hear me. We, don't, we won't need to go into the verses. Genesis chapter 11 talks about what happened after the floods, after God restored the earth and wiped it clean. Genesis chapter 11 talks about mankind coming together. And here is what it says in Genesis chapter 11. It says, people came together. They had one language and the same words. They came together and they said, let us make ourselves a city. Let us make ourselves a tower that touches the top of heavens. Let us do it for our name's sake. I'm going verbatim exactly what it says in Genesis chapter 11. Let us do that for our name's sake and let's come together. God then, in the verses after that, I believe from verse 4 onwards, God says, we can't let it happen. Because they have purposed something, and I don't want them to do it. Because this is a wicked generation, a people unredeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, who is coming together, and what are they saying? We want to build something. We want to build a city. We want to build a tower. There are two things. Because when, when it says Tower of Babel, we only think of it as a tower. No, there's a city and a tower. It's important. There's a city and a tower, and they're building it. And God said, no, they're unredeemed. They don't know my son yet. I won't let it happen. So God scatters them. They then go away with many different languages. Now, go to Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, you see a people coming together. During the festival, there are people from every nation on earth in Jerusalem. It actually says that. It says every nation on earth. We're not talking about just Jews. We're not talking about Arabians, which is mentioned there. We're not talking about just people from India. Man, people from every country or nation on the face of earth was there in Jerusalem at that time. Now, on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit comes. The spirit who is a person visits, and the spirit who is a person fills the lives of 120 people in that upper room. As soon as that happens, one of the things that happens, one of the things that happens is they begin to speak in tongues. And it says they were of one accord. So the same thing that they tried, man tried to do in 
Genesis chapter 11, that God couldn't allow. God said, you wanted to build yourself a city. You wanted to build yourself a tower. But guess what? I can't let you do it. But there will come a day. There will come a time when I will build my city amongst you. Where I will build myself a city. It will be for my name's sake. It won't be for your name's sake. It will be for my name's sake. You'll have a new heart. You'll have a new spirit. And with the new heart and the new spirit that I'm putting inside of, of you, you will be a city to me. And you don't need to build a tower now to go touch the heavens because I am going to release to you my personal presence. I'm going to release to you the Holy Spirit. He who is a person, he is going to be with you. And you don't need to go touch the heavens because the heaven is already open for you. What man tried to do with the Tower of Babel, God reversed it in the best way possible in Acts chapter 2. It doesn't end there, guys. In the Old Testament again, going back, Genesis 32, you see Moses up on Mount Sinai. Moses is up there, and he's receiving templates from God. He's receiving instructions from God. Down below, Aaron and others, there's Aaron. No, he's not here. Aaron and others, what they're doing is they have built a, a, a golden calf, and they're worshiping. On that day, because of rebellion, there is 3,000 people who lost their lives. 3,000 God killed in rebellion. Heidi mentioned this earlier. Acts chapter 2. When the Spirit was given, on Mount Sinai, the law was given. When the Spirit was given, in the New Testament, now you see 3,000 people being saved. It's not a play of numbers. This is a God who is so loving, so purposeful, who knows yesterday, today, tomorrow. He knows every single thing about every one of us and mankind. He is doing everything in his time, in his way, and we will go with him. The God we serve is a mighty God. The God we serve is a God who knows everything. And so that's the history, right? The history is, that day on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came. And I wonder how they were like. <laughs> they had no reference point. They had no reference point. There were 120 of them. But they didn't have a reference point. Now, I want us to go through a few different things. Because, again, I don't know. I, I don't really know where the Holy Spirit wants to go with us today. But I've got to trust that he will do something in us. Because again, oh my goodness, this God who did all of this, you, do you think when we gather here, many different of us, that he will not be intentional? That we, he will not have a plan for us? That he will not have a desire for us in to, step, to step into things? My goodness, he does. He does. He does. So be eager. Be eager. Because man cannot do it. He can if you sit here with a desire to be touched by the presence of God, if you sit here with a desire to be filled by Him like never before, He will do it. He will absolutely do it. Because man cannot do it, he can do it and it's his desire. You don't have to plead with him to do it. It's his desire but you've got to work with him. So there is an open heaven. And the Holy Spirit is a person. And last week, Jacob talked about how the Holy Spirit, he gives us the mind of Christ. 
When we allow him, he gives us the mind of Christ. Because who but the spirit, as Don said, has access to the mind of God. And so he gives us the mind of Christ. Okay, so it's always been plan A. So everything that I talked about has always been plan A. It has always been the plan of God to do exactly what we heard so far. And so he decided, because keep in mind, when Moses left or Moses died, before that he laid his hands on Joshua. When Elijah left, he left the mantle over to Elisha. When Jesus left, he did not have a Joshua. He did not have an Elijah. He had a people. And he left his mantle, in other words. But even better than the mantle, he left his spirit. He said, I'm going to send you my spirit. Which is why the community is important. Because it's what, needs to ach- what needs to be achieved on earth cannot be done by a man. It cannot be done by a woman. It can only be achieved by a people. So it doesn't matter how good Joshua is. It doesn't matter how well Elijah or Elisha runs with the anointing. It's not enough. You need to have a people. And the 120 that were gathered there was the first church. And so as we gather here, it's perfect recipe. Because this is the body. And he likes working the things he wants to work through his body. Which is why, man, at any given time, whenever possible... I need to practice this myself. Whenever there is an opportunity to come together as a people, do it. Don't miss out. Never miss out. Whenever there is an opportunity to be together with his people, do it. He relishes. He enjoys. Do it. I want us to go to another verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 3 to 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 3 to 6. Just the last verse, okay? Not that, or maybe five and six. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. And what does it say? For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. The letter on Mount Sinai, it killed. But the spirit in Acts chapter 2, gave life. And so for us, regardless of where we stand, where we sit, where we are at in our lives, if there are areas where you need life, the only person who can bring life is the Holy Spirit. And He can bring it. He does it. This is almost a mandate for the Holy Spirit. See, when in the Old Testament, the point person of God was the Father. The triune God, the point person in the Old Testament was the Father. During Jesus' days in the gospel, the point person is Jesus. In the days of the church which we now occupy, the point person on earth is the Holy Spirit. So it's amazing, and I've been thinking about it. It's amazing how when we talk, it's so easy to talk with the Father and the Son. And Jacob alluded to it. This last week, and I thought about it, because how do I operate? When I think, when I talk, who do I talk with? And I found out for myself that I talk a lot with the Father. There are times when I talk with Jesus. I don't intentionally talk with the Holy Spirit. 
as much as I should. But my goodness, think about this. He is the one from the Godhead today on earth assigned for us. He said, I'm going to come. The Father sent him to us. So then there is something missing there. There is something we can grow in. There is something that the Holy Spirit is saying even during this time. If you want, I'll give you a new start. If you want and desire, I'll show you how to do this. So th here are a few things I want us to think about, okay? We only have about 30 minutes. So the first one is the fullness of the Holy Spirit is for every believer. The fullness of the Holy Spirit is for every believer. I grew up in a Pentecostal church. I listened to Pentecostal sermons all my life. And there was a point in my life I thought that maybe I don't have all of the Holy Spirit. Maybe I need to do some stuff to get a little more of the Holy Spirit. Maybe my anointing is this much, but Dilna's anointing is this much. And the difference between... Uh, this is, please don't write it down. This is my story. <laughs> don't write it down. So <laughs> this is, my anointing is this much. Dilna's anointing is here. So obviously I need, I need, you know, I don't have the Holy Spirit fully. There is something wrong with me. I used to have these thoughts. When you study the Bible, when you study the scripture, when you know the person of Holy Spirit, here is one thing. Every single person sitting here, if you are a believer of Jesus Christ, you have the fullness of the Spirit already in you. That is the foundation from where we begin. But that's only the foundation. <laughs> Every believer has the fullness of the Holy Spirit in them. So the upper room and the 120 that I talked about, this 120 is very important because this 120 included men. This 120 included women. This 120 included old, this 120 included young, this 120 included married, this 120 included single, this 120 included orphans, this 120 included parents. It didn't matter. It was 120. There is a reason we don't... Re See, in the Old Testament, they wrote down all the names. The genealogy. The same writers could have written all 120 names if they chose to, but it does not matter. What matters... We know who the, the disciples who were there, but what matters is it was for the church. So the fullness, therefore, is for all of us. And it doesn't matter where we stand. Can you think about it? Because sometimes we have to think through what happened then. It was not the fun, fun it was not a fun time for them. <laughs> they were persecuted, they were running away. And so there were some who were right on top of their game. Peter already had a few hiccups, so after Jesus having spent some time with him and helping him understand everything that happened, Peter probably by the time he got there, because that's why he speaks more often than others, and he had the keys of the kingdom, Peter was ready and he was talking. But not World 120 were like that. You had people who were weak. You had people who were crying more than the others. Not that crying is a symbol of weakness, but that they were during, going through a difficult time and you had people who were weak. That's important. You had people who were not on the top of their game. So in strength and in weakness, he is the same. It doesn't matter if you're walking in victory or you're not. His power is the same. It doesn't matter if you're Old or young, he is the same. In Acts chapter 1, you see 
Peter speaking up and you see Peter saying we need to be we need to have a substitute so to speak in the in this gang of apostles we need to have someone replacing Judas Judas and so they cast the lots and Matthias is the one selected and Matthias takes the place of Judas there is this other guy though we don't talk about much Justus or or um his name is Joseph or Justus I hope he's he hung around I hope he hung around. Because if he did hung, hang around, his life changed too. See, the thing is, guys, what the Spirit gives is not the selection of man. What the Spirit gives is what God wants to give you. And it is always in plenty. And it can never be contained. and so regardless of how you feel this is true for you regardless of what happened in the past this is true for you that the fullness of the spirit of god is fully yours to have second thing i want to add one more thing here before we move on the holy spirit is given freely just like you got your salvation for free you don't have to work for the holy spirit it's he is given freely i remember when i was um, 16 or 17 don he's 4 years younger to me don already had the now this is a story so i'm talking about the gift of tongues now don already had the gift of tongues when he was i don't know something <laughs> and yeah much <laughs> which is why you still dream dreams i see visions because the old <laughs> because the young will see visions the old will dream dreams right anyway uh okay so sorry guys so here is the thing i as a 16 or 16 or 17 16 or 17 year old i was like my goodness like this guy is talking in tongues my mom talks in tongues i don't have the gift of tongues So there is some there should be something wrong with me i used to think like that and what happened with me is we had a you know every night we would sit down and pray together at home and we were having one of the you know everyday prayers at home together and on a random day i don't even remember the date while we the three of us are sitting down together dad was working i received the gift of tongues but what the holy spirit told me or taught me during that time is my goodness it doesn't happen in one way shape or form that you think it happens it happens when you want it you receive it and so i do want to take a minute about the gift of tongues and talk about the gift of tongues it is a gift to aspire for it's a great gift to have it is not i do know coming from a circle that i came from there's a lot of good things about pentecostal churches so don't think of what i'm saying is a wrong thing but you can i have seen and know enough people who speak in the gift of tongues with the gift of tongues but don't live a life that aligns with the spirit and that's the true for every living everything so the fact that you you have some gifts that may be misused doesn't make the gift a bad gift the gift of tongues is something to aspire for and so if anyone li- listening to me has been thinking about it has been pondering on it has been desiring it let these words that i speak cement it in your heart go for it it's a good thing 
it's, a, it's an important gift to have. When you have it, you have an edge. You do have an edge. And we'll talk about those things another time. So the Holy Spirit is not the gift. He is the life giver. And so we cannot reduce him to being a gift giver. He is not a gift giver. That's not his sole identity. He is life giver. Don't reduce him to being a gift giver. Second thing. So the first one was all of the believers, anyone who believes in Christ, they have the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Number two, probably the most important one. Not all who receive the Spirit walk in the Spirit. Not all who receive the Spirit walk in the Spirit. Not all who receive the Spirit walk in the Spirit. Paul, when he's writing to the Corinthian church, he went to Corinth about 50 AD. That's when he went there for the first time. He spent time with them. He converted a whole lot of them who were practicing different things. They became believers. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 to 3, you don't need to read it. You can read it later if you want. This is, so he was there from 50 AD onwards. In 55 AD, five years later, this is what Paul writes. He wrote, But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. But I fed you with milk, not solid food. For you were not ready for it. And even now, you're not yet ready, for you are still of the flesh. So there was five years between when he first went there and when he is writing this. And he is telling the church in Corinth, you are still operating in the flesh. You have the fullness of the spirit inside you, but you are still operating in the flesh, so you are not mature. That is where the gap is. It's not that we don't have the Holy Spirit. If we find ourselves at places in times where we, where we say, you know what? I want more of him. Really what you're saying is, I want to activate what he has given me already. I want to grow in it more. Because it's more about us walking. And there are times when God's specific anointing comes upon you for very specific purposes, very specific things that he wants you to do, wants you to, uh, places you, want to go to, you need to go to. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm simply talking about the fact that the fullness of the Holy Spirit dwells inside all of us. And that it is up to us to whether we walk in it or not. Back in India, when we were growing up, we had these, um, like, the cable TV back then had an antenna on the roof, right? And what happens with the antenna? It doesn't matter if the TV is turned on. It doesn't matter if the receiver is on. If the antenna is not working, you ain't seeing anything on the TV. And I used to hate the grains. I don't know if you've seen the grains. Is that what you guys call it? Yeah, well, the grains. I used to hate the sound of it. It comes with the sound, too. <laughs> See, that's what happens sometimes. It's a simple analogy. The flesh is turned on. The soul is turned on. But if the antenna, if the spirit that we have, who is inside us, in life-giving spirit, if we are not living in the spirit, we walk in the flesh. So the question really only is, 
the spirit that we already have, because a few of us have been talking to this person over the last couple of weeks, and he's been asking different questions about, you know, how does Christianity work, and um, why, are, why is it that Jesus sacrifice, uh, was a sacrifice for mankind? And one of the things that you always go back to is we are made of soul, flesh, spirit. It's so foundational to everything we ever talk about and ever will talk about, that we are spirit. And so if I'm not in tune with the spirit, then I walk in the flesh. Number three, the Holy Spirit elevates my living or elevates your living from flesh to spirit. The Holy Spirit elevates your living from flesh to spirit. If I am limited to my five senses, I cannot walk with the Spirit. If I am limited to my five senses on earth, I cannot walk in the Spirit. For me to walk in the Spirit, for my life to be elevated to the realm of the Spirit, for my life to be activated in the way it needs to be activated, I've got to be aware of the Holy Spirit. I've got to have... I've got to live a life where I know that primarily I'm a spirit man. And primarily I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me. And so if I do, then it's natural for me to see, hear, imagine, think everything that the Holy Spirit shows. This is why in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9, go there, this verse we'll read together. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. It says, But as it is written, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed, to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. So if I don't have a lifestyle where I'm walking with the Spirit, where my antenna is not turned on, if it's not powered, the fact that I have an antenna doesn't make any difference unless I am tuned in to what is happening. This is why one person sees a fist-sized cloud, but another person sees rain coming. This is why on one hand, you see things in the natural, but on the other hand, the Holy Spirit is showing you something completely different. If I am limited to my senses, I will not be able to live the life that is allotted for me. And so, guys, with all of what we are hearing and talking about the Holy Spirit, this is foundational. The foundational thing is, sim thing is simply this, that we need to turn our antenna on, that we have the antenna already. We've got, to we've got to make sure it's powered on. We've got to make sure that we listen to the Spirit. This is why David, everyone in the camp of Israel saw Goliath. David did not see a Goliath. David saw a Philistine coming in the name of his gods. What you see is important. Because if all you're seeing is Goliath, you're going against Goliath. 
David did not go against Goliath. David went against a Philistine who came in the name of his gods. This is why Ezekiel is taken into the valley. And Ezekiel sees more than dry bones. Ezekiel is able to see an army. So there is a difference between seeing in the flesh and seeing in the spirit. This is why for Jesus, when he got baptized and the spirit came down, Jesus heard, you're my son in whom I'm well pleased. Which is why at the same time there were a few who just heard a thunder. This is why Stephen, in Acts chapter 8 or so, this is why Stephen heard, well done faithful servant. This is why others who were throwing stones at him could not comprehend why this guy is like this. It says he was full of the spirit. He was full of the spirit. He didn't see the stones coming at him. He didn't hear what was spoken of him. But he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. It is important. With him, you can imagine, you can think, you can dream. This is why Paul knew already that it doesn't matter what people say, do, all of the oppression, the opposition, I am meant to go to Rome. Until I get there, nothing can stop me. No king can stop me, no soldiers can stop me, no power can stop me, no principality can stop me. I have been given a vision. I have seen what he wants me to do, and so I will go there. You're seeing beyond the physical. This is why Patmos, where John was supposed to die, he got a revelation. And the very place of death became life, not just for him, but for millions who came after. With the Spirit, you dream dreams. With the Spirit, you prophesy. You look at situations that aren't the way they should be. And the Holy Spirit inside you rises up. The Holy Spirit inside of you causes you to speak the very words He hears from the Father. He causes you to speak it into the natural. And everything in the natural turns, changes, twists. Whatever needs to happen, happens. So that everything that is wanted and desired for in heaven accomplishes itself on earth. That's how it works. So then I can see, I can hear, I can dream, I can think differently. I'm not limited to my five senses. And so if you desire this, even right now, ask. If you desire another level in this, ask. Don't settle for days when you're operating so well. Don't wait for weeks when you're doing so well in the spirit. This is life 24-7. That is what we are going after. We are going after a new lifestyle. With this whole teaching about Pentecost, what Jacob has been talking about, the whole point is we will all look very different. When you wake up, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit brings right into your mind a face because he's been waiting while you were sleeping. Before you go to bed, just when you thought it's done, he reminds you of something. This is why all of a sudden, there are cities and nations and villages and people and people groups that come into your mind. You do not understand why. Why? Because your antenna is on. You are hearing. 
And so when you hear it, you look to the person right next to you or you look to the situation right next to you. Amen. That's wrong programming. If you're in the body, great. But you go outside and look at what he told you and look around. It's not going to be the same. But the very thing you heard is what's supposed to change that what is around you. Three or four. Next. He is your helper. The Holy Spirit is your helper. And I pray, I, I, I truly pray that we get this right. He is your helper. He is your helper. Please think about it. He is your helper. Everywhere you go, he is your helper. He is with you all the time. I've, I've shared this story probably once before, but it doesn't matter. It taught me. I'll share it with you guys too. When I first moved to Vancouver, and I, then I got a job and stuff, the work, the place I go to for work is in Surrey. I live in Vancouver. I haven't been to Surrey before. And I start driving to Surrey every day. I do that for about a year. And then one day on my way back, there is a heavy traffic jam. I can't go back home in the same route that I usually take. And then I quickly remember, oh, I've got a GPS. I turn the GPS thing on, put it there, and I make my way back home, and I realize it took me 10 minutes less than usual. Only after a year and a half did I find out that over the last year and a half, I've been taking a road from Surrey back to Vancouver that is way longer than anyone else takes. <laughs> but it did not matter because I had a GPS in my car. It was never turned on. When I turned the GPS on, the GPS told me there is an easier way to go. There is a faster way to get back to Vancouver. He is your helper. But the fact that he is your helper ain't enough. You've got to ask for his help. When I go and watch, uh, no, not so much anymore, but when I have watched Whitecaps games at BC Place, If you've been to BC Place, you know there's a field and there's you know screens up on top. You watch, you paid 50 bucks, 80 bucks, whatever for the game. You're sitting there, you're watching the game, and every now and then, it's just not me. Trust me, I've seen this all over and over again. Every now and then, guys look at the screen, and they once they look at the screen, they can be tuned into that screen while the game is happening right here for two minutes, and then they all suddenly remember, oh, I paid money to not watch it on the screen. I paid money to watch it on the field. You're so used. You're so used to watch it on a screen that you pay 80 bucks to go watch it on a screen there. Much bigger, but that's about it. The point is, he is your helper. You've got to use him. You've got to ask. You've got to remember that he's there. Because sometimes otherwise when things happen, man, we quickly fall back to how we usually operate. We quickly fall back to what is normal. Here's the thing. Our normal is the spirit. Our normal is not the flesh and the soul. See, when we sang that song, treasures, you're the treasure of my heart. Really, what is it saying? How is a treasure of my soul, I think? That song said, did you, do you guys remember which song I'm talking about? One of the songs we sang. Treasure of my heart. and then, that's, that song. Yeah, I can sing too. <laughs> that wasn't too bad. Jane, will you take me to the worship team next week? Thanks. Yeah? Yeah. Thank you. The whole point is, 
I don't remember what the whole point is. No, just kidding. The thing is, guys, when the Holy Spirit speaks, he informs my soul. He inf the soul then informs my flesh. So then, he is the treasure of my soul. <laughs> my soul knows that there are two ways to operate. One, in the old way. Two, in the ways of the Spirit. So he is the treasure of my soul. He is the treasure of my soul. Use him. He's your helper. Use him. He will provide help in your strength and in your weakness. In your plenty and your lack. In your plenty and in your lack, he'll provide help. He'll do that in the morning. He'll do that in the night. He's better than your spouse. Your spouse, if you're married, is supposed to be your helper. And your spouse can only do so much. I have a great wife. Brownie points. But the point is, the Holy Spirit is way better than any other help you ever have received, you ever will receive. He is way better. Use him. Again, even as I'm talking through these things, guys, please think with God. Because if you think with him and if you're eager for the spirit to touch your life, I can assure you one thing. That he will bring to mind areas where you need his help. And if you so choose to say, Holy Spirit, my helper, help me, he will come and help. Next. He is your counselor and teacher. I won't spend too much time here, but so important. He is the best counselor you can ever have. Jesus in, 14, in John chapter 14 verse 26 said, He will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. In John chapter 15 verse 26, Jesus says, He is the spirit of truth. Oftentimes in life, in life, what we really need is the counsel of God and the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding of God that comes to us through the Spirit. And the Spirit can choose to give it to us directly through people, but it comes through the Spirit. And so if you find, again, if you find you're at a place where you need direction, guidance, my goodness, your helper is also a good counselor. Your helper is also the best person who can guide you. Your helper is also a great teacher. You open the word. You say, I want to learn. He will teach you. He will bring to mind things you don't know. He will quickly remind you of a passage in the Old Testament. And then draw a straight line to the New Testament. And he'll tell you this is how it works. He will teach. He's a teacher. He's a counselor. Next. He gives you power. The Holy Spirit gives you power. <laughs> My, I was, sorry, I just thought of a story. I was um, washing my car the other day. And uh, I went to this place where you have to put $2 or uh, toonies in, and then the whole thing is for you to use. So it's not the automatic 20-minute thing that you go, or 15-minute thing that you go through. You know what I'm talking about? So it's, it's this car washes. You put money in. You get to use the stuff that's there. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 
washing my car. I've, I've selected this option, and there's water coming, and I'm, I'm do it for about a minute, and I realize that this thing that I have control over, I can press it a little bit more. And I press it a little bit more, off I go, because there is so much more power remaining that I haven't tapped into. The Holy Spirit is power. He gives you power. And so we don't have to question why is this not happening this way? Why is, it, there is a, why is there a gap here? I'm telling you very simply, if you trust in the power of the Holy Spirit, every gap will be filled. He is able. He is able to heal. He is not just physical bodies. He is able to heal relationships. He is able to have you overcome everything you need to overcome. There is a reason Isaiah chapter 61 and then Jesus in Luke chapter 4 says, the spirit of God is upon me. Because once I have the spirit of God, once I have power inside that I have tapped into, once I know that power can flow through me, you can't be stopped. I want to go back to the story, the Tower of Babel. See, there is a verse that I quickly just read out there. Didn't spend time there earlier intentionally. But here is what that verse says in, chapter 11, in Genesis chapter 11. When God said that they spoke with one language, with the same words, and he came down and he looked at them, the Lord said, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. I'll take what he said in the Old Testament. Put that here in the New Testament for the church. We speak in the same language of the Spirit. We are of one accord. When you're on one, of one accord and you speak, speak the language of the Spirit, I'm not talking about the gift of tongues for everyone. The same language of the Spirit I'm talking about all of us being filled and being, and being operated by the Spirit. Here is what it happens then. Nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. A people walking in the Spirit are unstoppable. A people walking in the Spirit are unstoppable. This is why 120 was enough to change and turn the world upside down. This is why if we choose to surrender to the Holy Spirit, if we choose to say, we want this together, we will topple things. We will cause things to change because of the power that is already in us. A people walking in the Spirit are unstoppable. This is why Jesus then says, I will build my church and the, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Next, remember we talked about, this is how we'll kind of bring everything together. So we talked about the, the history, we then, you guys are heading out, eh? Have fun.
the Feast of Weeks we talked about, it is the Feast of Harvest. When Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he said, the Spirit of God is going to be given to you. Go and witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the world. One of the reasons and the key reason we have the Spirit of God is to go and witness. And there is a great harvest waiting. I was asking God over the last few days, what is it for, the, for Acts 29 that he wants me to speak? So everything that I talked about, you can apply individually so far. But I want to tell you this thing. At this time and in this season of our lives, God wants to bring about a harvest. He wants to bring about a harvest. The Holy Spirit was given so that we can go and witness. The Holy Spirit was given so that we can say, this is ripe, it's time, it's harvest time. For this church, I pray that over the next few weeks, months, we will see new people coming in from the world into this church. There is no point talking about the Spirit of God. No point talking about Pentecost just to make him our personal helper. Well, there is a point. It's good. But it's not good enough. The Holy Spirit that you have, that I have inside of us, this Holy Spirit is also looking at the world outside. And he will equip you to do everything you need to do to harvest. And I believe it in my spirit that he will, if we are obedient, it may not be this building, into our community, he will bring people who are today not in the kingdom. It is possible by the spirit. If you walk with him, it will happen. How many of you want that? Man, we need this. We want fresh blood. Sorry. You didn't hear that. We need new, new hearts. We need new believers. Meaning, we need people who were yesterday sleeping a certain way, woke up and God transformed them, and they are today in the kingdom of light. We need it. And so, on this Pentecost, I say... That by the time we come here next year, may this happen through our lives. By the time we are on the day of Pentecost in 2024, may we be people who have walked a certain way. So that the world outside has come inside. That is the Pentecost. Because as, as Heidi read out earlier, as soon as this all happened, Peter sprung up and he preached. And 3,000 were at it. Guys, there is no greater purpose in life than this. Everything you own, everything you have. And let me ask you this. When I, I'm going to ask you a question. And please do not stand up or uh, put your hand up because others are. That's, that would be pretty bad to do. <laughs> we'll finish in the next few minutes. 
if the holy spirit over the last little while has been stirring in your heart if he has been talking to you already you know that there is a new wind brewing you know that there are things that connections are made, being made in your spirit and in your mind and you know that there is new commission awaiting you you know that your life is meant for more than what you're living today you know that there is a grand scheme of god upon your life you don't know it fully yet perhaps but you know it is there this is not based on age it's not based on gender it's not based on your marital status but you know that there is something brewing if there is a person or more people like that and you want to tell god i am ready and i want to give all of this and all of myself to you only if so i want you to stand up please don't stand up because others are standing up i want to have more reasons for you to sit down i'm just kidding but only stand up if you really sense he has been working in my life something has been brewing it's all coming together i was made for such a time as this this is the purposes of god being unleashed upon my life if you think so if you believe in it then you do then you can stand up now here is the thing guys if you believe that the holy spirit is here today right now if you believe that everything that i said is true i promise you this is all the world if you believe that he is your helper if you believe that he is with you if you believe that your life is far more bigger than what you do on a daily scale that there are god purposes hovering on top of you that all you need to do is touch it you'll grab it if you believe so i want you to open up your heart and your mind to the holy spirit right now i want you to take a second there we, we don't have people to play this music here <laughs> it's all okay we have kids screaming which is even better but like the 120 in that upper room that day and even better guys while you're doing it can you picture yourself as part of a body can you do it this way if you want the gift of tongues ask if you want purposes being released of you desire it even right now he is able he is with you even right now i speak into your hearts and into your minds holy spirit you who are here for us and with us in the spirits of the people standing here even right now release everything you want to release holy spirit we come together right now as a people as your children we come together right now and as we stand up we are saying like in those days in the old testament they brought a wave offering to you we come as an offering to you we lay our ambitions down 
we lay our ambitions down we lay our plans down we lay our schedules down we lay our thoughts down we lay things that we have kept so close to us and we keep clinging to those things we keep the, we lay those things down we lay down these things holy spirit i say this for myself i lay my plans for tomorrow next year next 5 years down we lay down these things holy spirit there are people in this room right now who's asking you for very specific things in the name of jesus christ i declare that these things you will bring about because you are our only help our only refuge you bring it to pass holy spirit you're able to holy spirit i pray that you give dreams and visions god dreams and god visions to people standing here about their future about i know for a fact there are, there are a few people standing here who know they are at the cusp of something but they don't know what the next step is holy spirit you know their hearts holy spirit you did this with the 120 then you sent some of them very specifically to different places you had very specific appointments to many of them or all of them we don't read about all of them but i pray right now holy spirit including myself and all of us here will you do it right now will you do it right now holy spirit i pray holy spirit that even right now their spirit says says yes to you that they say yes to you that they don't need to know what the next step is it will be revealed in time it will be revealed in time you're a good you're a good god you're a good father you're able to do this father so we commit ourselves to you we also then look outside into the world and we remember what jesus said until that kernel of seed dies the wheat dies you cannot have the great harvest so we are willing to die we are willing to die we are willing to die to ourselves we are willing to lay down things for your sake you are precious holy spirit we now know that there is a new way to live on earth with thinking through your spirit we now know that there is a new way to live on earth seeing how you show us things hearing how you you make us hear that's what we are after So we come as a people Holy Spirit mark this day in our lives we have laid down things today trusting in your character and in your promise and trusting that you are able to do this now then holy spirit take us and scatter us now then holy spirit take us and birth life in us now then holy spirit take us because we belong to you now then holy spirit we say more we know you're all in us you're fully in us but we say we need more in jesus name we pray and we expect and we are eager in jesus name we pray amen thank you holy spirit thank you guys i want to leave you with one last thing take this and run with this but here is the thing if you sense the holy spirit telling you things If you sense the Holy Spirit giving you new thoughts dreams even in response to what he just said please do not be quiet speak 
you have to find people here inside this church who you can speak to you got to speak you may sound like who are you to talk about this that's perfect because then you know this is the spirit because trust me when you hear from him the things he's going to tell you are far bigger and greater than you can possibly do yourself so can i please ask you don't leave this take it with you and speak 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 to the right people go to your house church leaders and say this happened i ain't letting this go i need this and he'll do what he needs to do we bless you in jesus name amen